Welcome to Mars Messina Presents. I am Mars and today is Saturday, March 25th, 2023. We will now embark upon our first centennial journey into the virtual world of CyberTalk as we have reached episode 101. In the spirit of last week's report, <clears throat> on the history and on research concerning the concept of STEM coupled with liberal arts or a school where you could pick a trade or a profession and mandatory liberal arts rather than choosing between the two. <clears throat> I'd like to add some of my own ideas to what school should be teaching in a real life sense that makes common sense. Additionally, for your curiosity, your entertainment, and or your information, I'm gonna put a little twist on this. I would also like to present to you a current astrological event that, if these kinds of things are reliable, lends itself to making something like my dream school come true. So first, I'm going to address my fantasy school, and then we're going to talk about this astrological event and how it brings meaning to my ideas. And I don't think it's so far-fetched to talk about astrology because, you know, as we discussed in last week's episode, astrology was, um, you know, it's a, it was an elective um, in the liberal arts way back in the day in the days of um, the revolution, actually. They were teaching astrology along with religion. And no one was crying or complaining about it. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about my dream. I would like to open up a public school for children, but not only for children, but also I would like to offer you know, advanced education, adult education, and also family courses. So for now, let's just call it the School of Common Sense or the School of True Living, or we could even call it the School of Self-Reliance. In this school, adults can choose between either a profession or a trade of their choice something they'd like to pursue in life. <clears throat> and you're never too old to change a profession or to learn new things. You actually should be doing that. And our, you know, number one spot apparently in the world should lend itself to an adult being able to learn well late into life. Anyway, mandatory along with that training, whether it's a profession or a trade, would be a liberal arts education, which would include, but is not, is not limited to, literature, philosophy, mathematics, and social sciences, physical sciences. And concurrent with all of this, real life skills, capital R, capital L, capital S, real life skills classes would also be offered. And I would like to now present to you 21 life schools, skills 
that are not currently taught in school that ought to be taught in school. Combine these to trades, to professions, and to the liberal arts, and we will be developing an, an urbane, a curious, rational, compassionate, knowledgeable, composed, and creative student body that will make for contributing members of a thriving, peace, peaceable, and free society, which is, I think, what we all long for, but we're all going about it the wrong way. Z. And I think it all starts with education, like real education, not being taught what to think, but being taught how to think. So, and I think you're going to agree with a lot of this, whoever you are. <clears throat> Even with our combined differences, I think people will agree with this. So one class would be in conversation and communication. Conversation is an essential life skill because it and other kinds of communication require um, an almost all meaningful connection with all others with whom we come in contact. So communicating well, not only with coworkers, bosses and loved ones, but also with dates, with your friends, spouses, neighbors, acquaintances, um, strangers that you have to talk to in the store, etc. This enables a human being to flourish. Healthy communication. Healthy communication requires certain social norms because life does have, have rules. Um, so healthy communication requires certain social norms and boundaries that must be observed and that um, with you, you need to be okay with that, communicating with these boundaries. These schools in our, or I keep saying skills and schools together, but anyway, these skills and our connections include mutual respect and give and take, something or two things that I see lacking in society today. Mutual respect and give and take, whether it's face-to-face, -face, by email, certainly social media, telephone, or any other means of communi communication. I would like to see a society where we're not canceling each other, but I would also like to see a society where we're not bashing each other with our words. Unless, of course, someone is doing something criminal. But again, mutual respect, listening, that's a missing skill. Give and take in a, in a, communicative, in a communication uh, environment and relationship. A problem today is that social skills are not being developed given the per pervasiveness of communication through technology. We hide, we hide, hide behind the technology. So many times we think we're anonymous. The younger generation is often called the silent generation because given that they communicate mostly in this technological way, it 
often does not require actually speaking to anyone like um, video conferencing, texting, social media messages, emails, images, etc. You're not really having a heart to heart face to face talk. Now these tools are great, but they should be supporting face to face contact. Okay. Um, and we need to find ways to make more face-to-face -face contact occur. That gets really hard when there is a pandemic running around, I understand. But when we can do this, we need to be a lot more face-to-face. -face. <clears throat> when we communicate in an artificial, non-personal manner or manners or ways, Interpersonal skills are being hindered. In this realm of communication, in-person socialization helps stop um, social developmental disabilities in interpersonal relationships. This is especially important in the domain of kids gaining life skills. Children learn connections such as how to give and take and read the social cues of other kids in ways that can't be expressed through technology. Um, also, with adults, just inflection in speech tells so much more than reading something in text. Research shows a correlation across time between the lack of a sense of, of well-being and difficulty regular, regulating. Let me start that again because this is a bit of research. Research shows a correlation across time between the lack of a sense of well-being and difficulty regulating negative emotions as social media and phones were developed and prolifer proliferated starting in, in the 2010s to the present. I hope you understood that because I'm having a hard time speaking again this morning. Um, there's a very short window um, during my week where I can do this, and it's probably not the best time. I need to find a different time, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. So please um, forgive me for not being able to speak eloquently at this time. Anyway, moving along. The outcome could be social isolation and mental health problems if we don't get back to face-to-face. -face. Lacking this life skill could stifle a person in various ways, potentially becoming a barrier to rewarding careers, and most importantly, <clears throat> a full enjoyment of relationships with other people. Knowing how to connect with the, each other to be empathetic, to listen, and knowing when to speak. This would be of great value at school, practicing it there, and then bringing it into the workplace and into relationships that which would make for healthy relationships. To learn the art of conversation is to actually do it with peers and other people in the community and um, this will also help with your writing skills. Now, this is what they used to do back in the day. So you would be learning how to be a doctor or a plumber 
But at the same time, you are having classes where you're pretending to be at a dinner or at a party. And you would be learning how to have a conversation. Um, and not one where you're beating each other up, but you're having a conversation. You're listening to things that maybe you are not in agreement with, but you're still holding your temper and you're composed. And then you offer your counterpoint in a very respectful way. They used to teach this in school. That actually kind of needs to come back. Let's talk about critical thinking. Margaret Mead said, children must be taught how to think, not what to think. The decisions we make have real world consequences. Some of these consequences are immediate. Some of them are delayed and they all affect ourselves and others. Making the right choices could literally mean the difference between happiness and remorse or success and failure. We all really need to be equipped with the ability to think through scenarios, think through situations, think outside of the box because life can be very random and it is full of change. And these changes will inevitably arise in all of our lives. So for the sake of successful endeavors, and just being wise for its own sake, we need to learn critical thinking. Students are hardly ever taught how best to learn. Many educators seem to expect students to know how to best understand what they're being taught, even though the way we're teaching them is by rote. In being taught the skills of self-awareness and self-control, students learn decision-making and problem-solving in creating new solutions. And this fosters engaging learning and can lead to self-awareness and development in skills such as writing and math. In short, being taught how to think and develop ideas is a skill that has lifetime benefits not only inside the class, but of course, outside in the world. Educators test students on specific things, and as such, students will learn specific things just to get by and just to pass the test. And like I said, it's often by rote memorization. Now, rote memorization, while it can come in handy, it's hardly meaningful. What's being memorized hasn't been integrated into the person's overall understanding and ideas. The student is not having aha moments. The student is just memorizing, regurgitating, and forgetting. Critical thinking. <clears throat> okay, moving along. Here's another class that we could all use, how to handle money and how to invest it. I only had one class in high school. Um, in fact, I think it was a philosophy class. It had nothing to do with finance. It was a philosophy class, and the teacher there taught us how to um, read the markets. 
so we were putting money into it but she was pointing out like all the different stocks and how they work and we would pick a stock pretending that we put money in it and we would watch it every day to see what it did that's about as far as I had gotten but anyway we all need to learn this the importance of financial responsibility accounting finance business classes they do explain accounting procedures financing agreements and business structures but they don't focus much on personal finances saving or investing higher education does not spend much time teaching students how to be self-employed how to draw up a business plan how to set up a, co a company structure how to manage the finances of the company and all the laws and bylaws behind that how to pay taxes and reinvest in the company all of this is crucial knowledge all of this is knowledge an American should have and it could mean the difference between your success and failure as an individual those should be taught in school number four dating and romantic relationships yes this can also be taught in school now obviously this aspect of life is very valuable and it's very vulnerable so we know that dating and romance are the first steps towards falling in love getting married having a family and the family unit whatever that might look like to you that is the foundation of society and it is really important to have strong families it doesn't have to be the so-called nuclear family it could be whatever structure that you call family but we need to know how to build that so we have to start at the beginning it is therefore important to choose the right person for you to know what to look for and what to avoid and how to be a good partner yourself this takes practice and attention to yourself and your date so yeah like having these afternoon teas where everyone's dressed up really nicely and having you know polite conversations and learning how to manage your emotions when you meet somebody with whom you're attracted as with conversation the experience comes by doing however some guidance from peers and teachers could help avoid common pitfalls and mistakes that are bound to occur in dating and relationships and these classes could be for teenagers and they can be for adults and um i think it was last week um i was teaching in seventh and eighth grade and the girls were on a field trip so one of the teachers chose that opportunity where it was just boys at the school to talk about masculinity and what that meant and how you treat women and i thought it was a really interesting uh subject um the subject matter was imperative and the feedback from the boys was um interesting to say the least so i think these kinds of classes would be um oh my gosh so important to have in school <clears throat> number five human rights in certain classes we are taught the bill of rights 
but how these broad rights actually apply to us in day-to-day -day practice is usually not covered, and that is evidenced by some of the arguments we have in society. Like, that's against my rights. Well, it might not actually be. So it is important as a citizen to know and practice your rights when appropriate and to enjoy the freedom that the U.S. has to offer. And that's the other flip side is we often don't know what our freedoms are. We're not taught and we're not curious enough to look. So we really ought to have classes in this. We need to know what our free nation has to offer. It is beneficial to us all to be involved in politics from the federal to the local levels and to be aware of who the politicians are, where they, where they stand on important issues and how they might implement their ideas while serving their constituents. And as we know, politicians make a bunch of promises, but will they actually act upon them? And the only gauge we have is the history behind the politician. It's really important to know how to look that up. A lot of people are just voting for who their friends are voting for. The public should be aware that bills that of bills that either do or do not pass con Congress that are put to the vote or have an effect on the citizenship. We should know what's going in and out of Congress at all times. There should be no backdoor midnight passing or rejecting of votes. Too many people don't even know how to register to vote, where to vote, and when voting occurs. This would all be covered in that class. Number six, how to survive without certain technology. So even though we, we live in the information age, we know that tech fails us fails us and often with disastrous results. Okay. Can you read an actual book? Does anyone have any actual books anymore? So this is just a, an example. One benefit of actually having a book that you hold in your hand. Older books can still be read. They can be borrowed. They can be traded and they can be gifted. They don't need to be charged up. They can be signed by the offer. They can be annotated by yourself. They don't need an update. They don't need a platform. They don't need file type and capabilities. Or they don't run into that. So that's just um, one aspect of technology. I was in a store one time and... Um, whatever server they had just went down. And so when we were all lining up for the cash register, the young people behind the cash register, they didn't, they were like, okay, I guess we have to close because the cash register, you know, isn't talking to the server. They didn't know how to count change back. So I actually got behind the cash register and I taught them how to do it manually. I taught them how to count change back. So like I, I took care of like the first three customers and then I made each of the cashiers take care of the next two or three until they got the hang of it. 
but yeah, I mean, we need to know how to survive without certain te technology. Um, I don't want to get political here, but there was uh, this guy, he took his family and they bugged out. I think it was during um, Biden's inauguration because he thought there was going to be a big war. So he took his family and he ran out to um, like to the woods to bug out there, you know, because there's supposed to be this big war revolution or whatever. And um, he had all this canned goods for his family to eat, but they found out that the um, that the can opener they had was electric. So he had to hike back to his mother's house to get a hand cranked can opener and hike all the way back to his family. <clears throat> we need to know how to survive without technology. And I'm just, those are two very small examples, but I don't know if you remember 20 years ago-ish, um, the whole electronic grid of the Northeastern United States zapped out and there were blackouts and brownouts like through like 13 or 14 states, that's a big deal. That messes everything up. Okay. Learn how to survive without technology. Number seven, home repair and homeowner's insurance. As a homeowner, potential, potential costly repairs and replacements to the home are necessary and there should actually be money allotted every year put aside to cover those repairs. And it would save you money if you knew how to do a lot of them yourself. Painting, plumbing, carpentry, electrical work, all involved maintaining, are all involved in maintaining and repairing your home. And since that's where you spend a lot of your time and most of your valuables are there and, um, and the people you love are there, knowing how to do the repairs and improvements are always valuable and your house appreciates. Unlike, let's say, your car. Your car depreciates in value. But your home, when you repair it correctly, it appreciates in value. It becomes more valuable. Homeowner's insurance also will cover a lot of your costly repairs if you can't do them yourself. So it is vitally important to be aware of what type of damages and what amounts are covered and included in the policy. If you live in a brick and mortar, you have to do masonry. I see buildings crumbling all the time and they're beautiful buildings, but because their owners didn't take care of the buildings, it's almost like they have to be demoed because the cracks went all, that, all the way down into the foundation. You have to do you know, you have to repair your roof. You have to do masonry. People need to know that this is what needs to be done. So see what your homeowner's insurance will cover. You need to know how to do that. Also, if you're doing um, do-it-yourself work, what tools are necessary for specific repair jobs? Do you know how to read a ruler? Do you know how to measure do you know how to take accurate measurements? Do you know how to put on a fresh coat of paint? Do you know how to maintain the yard and put flower beds up and to create curb appeal? 
All of this taken together contributes to the value of your home, not only intrinsically, but monetarily when you get ready to sell, if you sell. Um, <clears throat> car repair, car insurance. Do you know how to repair your own car? Do you know how to change the oil on your own? Do you know how to change the oil filter? Do you know how to um, fix a flat tire? Really basic stuff that should be taught in school. Um, what else? Um, maintenance, repairs of cars. It's inevitable for anyone who drives for any reasonable length of time. And, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's the difference between getting stuck somewhere and just, you know, being, you know, mildly inconvenienced. You should know how to do these specific things or to look for warning signs and certainly know when to uh, get your car tuned up and do that. And if you don't drive a car, there should be classes <clears throat> for um, truck maintenance, motorcycle maintenance, and definitely bicycle repair maintenance. Knowing which vehicle to buy and which ones to avoid based on performance and safety ratings, <clears throat> which cars hold the most resale value, these are all important things to know. Getting full coverage on your vehicle. What does it exactly cover if you're in an accident? Um, what does it cover if you are the one who caused the accident? What does it cover if someone else did? And how to file a claim with car insurance. We need to know these things. What's the deductible for having your car repaired? What um, does your insurance cover as far as fixing someone else's car? Good things to know. Oh, big thing, um, personal credit and credit cards. Everyone has them, but who knows really who understands them, how many people really understand. Good credit as opposed to bad credit and establishing and maintaining good credit. So we all start out with no credit, which is not necessarily bad, but it's not helpful to lenders if you need to be, um, you know, if you need to get a loan out for a house, for education, whatever. So getting good credit in your life is a good start. But what credit card do you take? Or do you get because they're not all created the same so you need to be taught which ones are good for what you need to be taught how to not max out your credit card limit and how not to miss payments and always pay on time and how to steadily build credit along the way and how you can get credit extended okay um Within <clears throat> getting a, uh, a credit card or I'm sorry, a credit report and how to read, read it and knowing what's good credit and what's bad credit. And um, wow, I mean, this is, this is like a pandemic 
in this nation and across the globe. People not understanding credit. And it's the way the world goes round. Um, so we need to know, we need to have classes on, on this very specifically. Cooking is another good thing we should all be able to do, okay? So yeah, there's your home ec classes. But um, instead of like learning how to make a cake or something, we should be able to um, cook a healthy, balanced meal, okay? Um, with home cooking, we, we need to control and balance ingredients, okay? There's an art to cooking. Uh, cooking at home generally saves time and expenses over eating out. Now, we don't all have to go to culinary school, but we do have to know things like pre-treating food, preparing to cook, safety and hygiene. Okay. Okay. And I won't get too involved in that, but it's, it's important for us to learn how to cook, I think. Okay, here's one. Now, just hear me out. Just hear me out. A class where they're teaching the Bible, the Quran, and other religious books. Now, these things are not typically covered in public education because, of course, we have separation of church and state. Um, unless you're studying them, studying them under the banner of literature. However, in teaching what the Holy Writ says as an education in history, literature, ethics, etc., that doesn't mean that it's state endorsement as a religious position. Now, I know we have to be careful with this because right now in the United States, there are certain states that are trying to get the Bible back in um, to the um, to the curriculum and they're but in like the intention behind it is to make a state religion and we have to be very careful of that but here's why it's important to learn this now like for example the Bible it's the greatest selling book in the history of the world and in certain households the only exposure some young people, kids, have to reading is when their family is reading the Bible. In other homes, of course, students have no idea what a Bible even is, but sometimes that's a kid's very first contact with a book. So given the influence of holy writings and culture and their impact, um, throughout the world in so many different cultures it's it's good to understand this is kind of an education in culture and mores is by reading these books and it puts people in touch with the majority of humanity who have learned over thousands of years you know generation to generation what people believe and so just from that aspect you know, either as literature or just understanding a culture, I think the holy writings are very uh, important. And I think Christians should read the Quran instead of just mocking it or putting it down, like actually read it and um, research it, study it. Okay, 
moving on. Um, I think we should learn manners. I think there should be like, um, there used to be finishing schools back in the day for women who were going to get married to, you know, they were getting you ready for marriage. But this should be getting you ready for society. Manners, okay? Manners are indispensable in a civilized society. And we're, we're losing that, that technique, okay? Um, manners are steadily on the decline. An etiquette class shouldn't be required to know how to say please and thank you, of course. But the most urbane the society one keeps, the more important manners will become. Along with manners should also be extended kindness, a non-judgmental spirit, and a respect for all people encountered in a normal society. And students of these classes can be given opportunities to observe how proper manners achieve great results. Additionally, if you are a traveler or you wish to be, it is important to learn customs and manners of that society in which you will be immersed so as not to cause offense and how to get along as well as possible. I was on a trip to Italy one year and I don't want to put this woman down because she is a sweetheart, an absolute sweetheart. But um, <laughs> we were out, you know, touring and we were getting a little like hungry and thirsty. So we sat down at this outdoor piazza and we're ordering food and um, I'm speaking Italian as best as I can. And this lady really loudly says, does anyone speak English around here? Like she could not believe that no one was speaking English. And I'm like, we are not in the United States of America. We are not in England. We are in Italy. They speak Italian. So, but that was, you know, that's the so-called ugly American as, as we are often called. And I mean, this, this lady is just awesome. So I ordered for her but we have to remember that, that we are not the only people in the room, my fellow Americans. Okay, going along, gun safety. Let's talk about classes for gun safety. This is becoming increasingly important because of the sheer volume of guns in our society. And I don't want this to be political either, okay? But the fact is, they are there. And here's another fact. Children, the number one cause of death in children in the United States is no longer illness and it is no longer car accidents. It is gun violence, the number one killer of children in the United States. With the onslaught of gun violence, especially in schools, guns are not allowed on campus by anyone except law enforcement or other trained and qualified personnel. Nevertheless, learning gun safety and proper gun handling is vital to learn if one has guns in the home. Such training instills adequate respect for the power of guns, reduces the likelihood of a gun-related accident, accident, and it demystifies guns and shooting. 
a lot of times these kids get a hold of the gun because they are they're just fascinated by them we need to take the fascination away we need to take away the fascination with shooting the gun so now that they're here that pandora's box is open we need these classes um another class we need is how to find and actually get a job this is crucial the goal of education is primarily twofold to educate for its own intrinsic reward of being knowledgeable about existence but also secondarily to prepare students to engage in the workforce and become self-reliant productive and contributing members of society so it's not as easy as many of you know um, to just apply for a job you have to know how to build a proper resume and cover letter and how to change those um, like if you're applying at a I don't know like a manufacturing company there's certain buzzwords they are looking for and what they do is they put your resume and your cover letter into a machine and if that machine does not pick up buzzwords that resume no matter how beautiful it is that cover letter no matter how beautifully written it just gets spit out into the garbage so you have to know certain company buzzwords they're looking for certain skills they're looking for certain qualities in people and they're just shoving your resume and cover letter into a machine now if you pass that portion do you know how to interview properly a lot of people do not and there are proper ways to interview and you have to understand how to negotiate employment contracts okay there should be classes taught in this there should be classes taught in health care and health insurance okay <clears throat> like how do you get and maintain proper health care and proper health insurance with this expensive and ever-changing system okay um how to shop for the best care at the best price the difference between individual and group plans how to obtain vision and dental care because oftentimes vision and dental care are not <laughs> it, it drives me crazy they should be um part of a regular health care plan but oftentimes they are not how a premiums are affected by each particular on the plan we need to know how to do this um moving along um self-defense classes okay um hopefully no one will ever have to use self-defense but in the event that using skills learned in self-defense classes ever became necessary exercising those skills could mean preservation of life and safety <clears throat> when attacked people will do what they're trained to do and if you've not been trained to do anything you will freeze if you're continually trained to fight you will probably pull out some of your skills so you really need to know hand-to-hand -hand combat even if you have a gun even if you have mace or pepper spray sometimes 
a surprise happens and you don't have those things on hand. So you need to know how to incapacitate a potential violator. Even if it's just for a few seconds, you can get away. Um, hmm. How about this? I, I, I wrote this down. How about a class in learning from failure and accepting rejection? How about that? Okay, so um, right now, um, a lot of people don't know how to accept no. They're just not emotionally equipped to, to um, accept a no or accept rejection. So um, this lends itself to substandard work results, fractured work relationships, certainly um, personal relationships. So learning from failure or injustice or rejection, um, we need to teach people tenacity, gumption, character, okay? And to just basically navigate um, life's inevitable ups and downs. We need a class in first aid, okay? Accidents can happen at any time. Now, there's sometimes where a skill can mean the difference between life and death. I hope he doesn't mind, but a friend of mine, um, long story short, was hit by a train and his leg was mangled and a stranger, a gentleman who just happened to have been a medic in the army, he came and he saved my friend's life by creating a tourniquet on his leg. Now he did lose his leg and he needs a prosthetic, but he's alive. He, would have, he was bleeding out, he was dying. And this man came along and saved his life. Do you know how to apply a tourniquet? Do you know when to apply a tourniquet? Do you know how to do um, CPR? Do you know how to clean and dress a wound? Do you know how to prevent infection on a wound? wound. I've had to apply the Heimlich maneuver twice in my life on two different people. Do you know how to do that? Uh, do you know how to look for the signs of a concussion or shock, frostbite, heat exhaustion, dehydration? These are very valuable skills. Time management, that's something a lot of us need help with. Okay. This can help us navigate our career. It can ha help you navigate um, raising children. It can help you navigate your household. Uh, calendars. You can get a really good job for, like, if you're a personal assistant to a CEO. You know, just managing his or her um, calendar. And you can make, like, six figures doing that. Do you know your local laws? This is a very pragmatic skill. You should know at least bare minimum um, the laws that affect your lives on a daily basis. Do you know that um, trespassing is a crime? Is it a misdemeanor or is it a felony? Um, if you're decorating a friend's car could that be considered destruction of property? You might get sued just for having fun. Can you be arrested for not paying a debt? Um, what rights do you have if you've just been arrested? What rights do you have if you're pulled over by a cop? Okay, so real life scenarios should be played out in these classes to see 
what what is breaking the law, what is not breaking the law, and what your rights are either way. Um, finally, home economics. We should learn how to sew. We should learn proper child care. These are hard jobs. We should learn how to organize a household. We should learn about storage. We should learn about canning. Okay. Now, I always knew about canning fruits. There's people who can chicken, which I didn't think was even, you know, possible. But you can can chicken and you can keep it for a very long time that way. And you could feed your whole family forever if you guys eat chicken. Okay, I'm going to just stop there because you could add your own ideas. Okay, now I did promise something about an astronaut astrological event that occurred and how it lends itself or how it mirrors um, what I'm trying to create with this this new kind of schooling. So this is going to be a different kind of bedtime stories from the acoustic bookshelf. So this astrologi astrological event that if reliable, it will create a space for a revolutionary school like I just described it will make it much more of a possibility. Now, of course, what I'm, what I'm about to read, you can take it or leave it, okay? It's just that I found it interesting. And just in the spirit of liberal arts, where they actually used to teach astrology, and also in the interest of having an open, curious mind, even if you don't practice astrology, it's really interesting, I think, what the astrologers have to say. So without further ado, this is part of a report by an astrologer named Joel Andrew. And this is concerning um, the event. And that event is the planet Pluto has moved into the sign of Aquarius. And he's going to describe what that means and how... And just think about how this might relate to this revolutionary type of school that I'm trying to create. I just thought the correlation was pretty cool. So anyway, here we are. For the first time in over a decade, Pluto changes signs. By normal standards, this would be a momentous event because Pluto represents one of the largest archetypal cycles of evolution for humanity. But this current change is more significant because this milestone strengthens and echoes the epic change that initiated on December 21st, 2020. It's called the Great Mutation into the element of air. Then and now, that change began with the sign of Aquarius. Many practitioners and students of astrology sometimes look upon upcoming Plutonic events with feelings of trepidation. They know that in rooting out and confronting that which has become dysfunctional and toxic, Pluto doesn't do anything by half measure. He destroys. He reveals nightmares. He brings catastrophe and collapse. He causes pain from things that we have avoided confronting and can't bear to see. 
In the end, our awareness of this underworld makes us stronger and compels the necessary adjustments to transform and evolve because survival depends on it. Much of the astrological world is celebrating this changeover. They are celebrating because the world is unbelievably and unsustainably broken. From a humanitarian and economic perspective, just about every corner of our existence has devolved into systemic inequalities that strategically protect plutocracies that have developed over generations of toxic influence. The tyranny of the minority, the elite, has become the new normal. In many places, democracy doesn't exist or has become so marginalized and weakened that it doesn't adequately represent the will of the group. The sense of belonging to something greater than the self has eroded. Authoritarianism has returned. This situation goes against the grain of the sign of Aquarius in just about every way possible. As the fixed modality within the air element, Aquarius is concerned with the long-term sustainability of progressive intellectual concepts that form the foundation of groups, communities, societies, countries, and civilizations. The Great Mutation opened up the possibilities of renewing these eternal concepts, but Pluto can be much more insistent and immediate. Its questions will be unavoidable during this time frame. In what ways has consumerism, greed, selfishness, and narcissism created a soft acquiescence that has violated the basic tenets of freedom and community. For the next couple decades, Pluto will become a wrecking ball in this sphere. By the time his journey is complete, everything will be different. This zeitgeist is palpable. Even those who know nothing about astrology or this day can feel this coming. Astrologers can see it. The celebration felt today is cathartic because Aquarius's vision for the future produces something else, hope. Even with all the risk and intensity that Pluto may, may unleash the power of hope and what may be fixed is enough to bring the world to its knees. One of the most transformational times in the modern age has begun and it is deserving of celebration because it has been a long time coming. Close quote. So I think um, with this Pluto um, going into Aquarius sign, I think this would be a great time to kind of say goodbye to the old ways of how we're 
um, we've been uh, treating education and creating this new revolutionary way that creates a winning society. And may we, all of us together, usher in the legendary and foretold wonderful age of Aquarius and may the meek inherit the earth. Until next week, arrivederci.